I'm very happy. <laughs> I'm glad, Matthew. Just talk? Winters wanted to talk, yes. The Romans, they don't find me much of a threat, which is fine. Hopefully that'll change soon. So, what were you doing out here? Praying, John. Remember, there's a big event to prepare for. Rabbi, with all due respect, you couldn't have told us that you were back first? You were grabbed by Roman soldiers with weapons. We were all worried sick. Did I not tell you that I would be back? And to keep planning? We're all going to have to learn how to do this, regardless of what's happening, good or bad. Things are only going to get more difficult. You can't just shut down when you're fearful. And what are you going to do when I'm no longer here? Yes, we are still figuring this out. Yes, but we can do better. We're... We will do better. Rabbi, Philip said the baptizer gave his followers a prayer in addition to the daily traditional prayers. Perhaps you could do the same. Yes, I'd like to learn more about what you're saying when you're out alone. Now, now you're behaving like true students. This is what I like to see. And prayer is the first step in getting the mind and the heart right. It's why you see me go to it so often. To teach us to pray like you do. Please. When we pray, we want to be sure to first start with acknowledging our Father in heaven and his greatness. So you can say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And we always want to be sure to do God's will and not our own. So we say, your kingdom come, your will be done. How many of you watched uh, The Chosen episode seven this past week? We have one more episode uh, that we're gonna cover. That's gonna be next week. It's gonna be the last of the series. If you're here joining us for the first time, we're going through as a church together uh, the series, The Chosen, uh, the series episode, not episode, season two, and uh, we're at the second to the last week. This week, the highlight of it was the Lord's Prayer. And how many of you know the Lord's Prayer by heart? It's an it's a, it's a outline of uh, what, how Jesus instructed his disciples to pray, and I'd like to start this message off by saying it together. Uh, we do have a slide for those that did, uh, did not memorize it by heart. Do we have that? But if you have, I challenge you not to look at it. Okay, let's, let's do it. Let's do it by memory. Ready, set, go. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Why don't you give yourselves a hand?
I want to talk about the Lord's Prayer and the heart behind it. And when we recite the Lord's Prayer or we pray, it doesn't have to be a rote memorization. I do it with my kids. Uh, they've all memorized the Lord's Prayer. And a lot of times when we don't have time to do soaps in the morning together, uh, we'll just either say the Apostles' Creed or the Lord's Prayer together before they start their day. Um, but the Lord's Prayer, there's a reason and a purpose for prayer. There's a lot of things that happen, not just in our own hearts, where we say something and in gratefulness, it impacts and affects our own uh, mental state and our, our physical state. But there's a power of prayer that when we pray and we lift our voices to heaven and we give God the desires of our heart, something happens because he's given us authority. And the same, we were created in his image. How many of you believe that you were created in the image of God? The whole purpose of why you were created was to be a reflection of your creator. And one of the things that mark, the character traits that mark our creator is the power of the spoken word. And he spoke light into darkness. When he said, let there be light, there was light. And if he made us in our image, then there is a power of the spoken word. And when you pray, it's not just that it affects you, but there's an authority that he has given that when we declare things, that things actually happen in the physical realm. And so we want to talk about that this morning. Let's read Philippians 4, 6 through 7 uh, to start this message this morning on the Lord's Prayer. Let's read this at the count of three. One, well, before we start this, how many of you in the past three years and and even today, have seen an escalation of the tensions in our culture, the tensions globally, the fear and the uncertainty of our economy, the fear and uncertainty of our health and who to trust and who not to trust. How many of you have been a part of uh, the change and witnessed the change in our culture? And in that, there's a, if, if we have our trust in health, if we have our trust in money, if we have our trust in politics, if we have our trust in government, these things are all being shaken. shaken. And the result is a lot of people's mental health is suffering because the world is being shaken. The solution to that is to set our foundation on something that will never be shaken, which is the word of God. Amen? And God, this is what uh, Paul tells the church. He says, don't be anxious in anything, but in everything through prayer. Let's read this together at the count of three. One, two, three. Be anxious for nothing, but in Everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all knowledge and understanding will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. How many of you are grateful for the word of God? How many of you know the power of gratitude? This is something that is not natural to many of us. When we, when we start praying, how many of you, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you, it's easier just to grumble to God about the things that you don't like and the things that you want changed in the world? And we start off with grumbling instead of start, it says with grumbling or with thanksgiving? It says with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. Um, I know we started with prayer, the Lord's Prayer, but I want to pray again. God, thank you, Lord, for your word. God, as we go through these scriptures this morning, I pray that it wouldn't just stay in our minds as something that we know intellectually, but God, that you would drop them down into our spirits and our hearts. Lord, we pray that your spirit of revelation would spark and ignite something in our hearts where we would 
understand the authority that you have given us through the power of prayer. And God, we pray that you would give us a passion to pray. Even as the disciples are asking Jesus, how do you pray? What is it that you do when you go out there? We see that when you go out there and you come back, that miracles happen and that you're in tune with the Father. Teach us to pray. God, we pray that you would return your church to a place of a desperation to understand how to pray and a passion uh, to see heaven come to earth through the power of prayer. Lord, you've called us to be your family and your ambassadors here on this earth, so we pray that you would, that you would give us revelation, not just in our minds but our hearts, to live out the things that we know are true in Scripture. We ask this in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen. Um, there was a study that was done by Dr. Randolph Bird in 1988. He took 393 patients, divided them in half. Half they would pray for in the hospital, and the other half they wouldn't pray for. How many of you, if you're a part of that test group, would want to be the, the ones that were prayed for? <laughs> This is a kind of a, a, cruel, uh, a, a cruel test, but half were prayed for, half were not. Uh, the results were that the ones out of the 393 patients that were prayed for There were fewer complications during surgeries. There were shorter hospital stays, and less of uh, that test group were put on ventilator assistance. Um, not only is the power of prayer, uh, this study demonstrate the power of prayer in uh, the, the, the recovery of these patients, but there was another study that was done. This was done by uh, Sanson and Sanson 2010. Uh, this was by Wright University of Medicine at Dayton, Ohio. And this was uh, the psychology of gratitude. And they took these um, people through an exercise of thankfulness and gratitude. And the results were that people who were more grateful and had a default toward gratefulness slept better. How many of you would want to sleep better? They actually increased the amount of exercise that they had in their lives. They reduced illnesses. They experienced an enhanced immune system and also a reduction in stress. How many of you would want any of those things in your life? A powerful, that's the powerful result of gratitude. So with everything in prayer and gratefulness, thankfulness, let our, your requests be known to God. So we're going to go through, uh, I, I kind of broke up, we could spend, you know, a whole message series on the Lord's Prayer. So I'm trying to squeeze it into to one message, um, but I identified three major parts of the Lord's Prayer. One is identity and worship. Two is submitting to the will of God and his provision. And number three is confession, forgiveness, and divine guidance. So these are the three that are in your notes this morning. Uh, the first one, identity and worship. Um, it's so important that when we start and we're praying to God that we identify as his child. Every single one of us are a child of God. And we could get our identity by uh, the amount of money that we have. We could get our identity from our job. We could get our identity from our status or accomplishments. Um, there's many, many different things that we can get our identity from. But the one thing that is the most stable. It's not about what we do, but it's about who we are. That's where we derive our identity. In, in our house, you know, I always tell my kids, like, they always say, my, 
My, our friends can do this. Our friends can do that. How come you won't let us sleep over at this person's house? How come we cannot do this? And we say, you're in a sato, and we don't do that. This is just your identity. You, you're not going to do the things that your friends do. Maybe some of them you can do, but some of them you're not going to be able to because it's your identity. We identify with who we belong to, and we are children of God. Turn to the person next to you and tell the person next to you, you are a child of God. You're a child of the Most High God. And when we come into prayer, we come to, to God as our Father, but it's not just God as our Father. We say, hallowed be your name. Everyone say, hallowed be your name. And the idea behind that is that God is our Father, but he's also not our peer. We have relationship with God, but with relationship, we also have respect. And that's something that is not culturally normal. We think that if we have relationship with someone, then they're our bud. If we have relationship with someone, then they're our peer. We're equals. And then when we don't have, re if, if there's somebody that's above us and has a lot of power, then they're not our friend. That's the way our culture is. You know, you go into the public high schools now, and it's all, hey, miss. Hey, mister. And there's no respect or distance between the teacher and the student anymore. And even the way parents and kids act can be very relational, but in the relationship, the respect kind of disappears. How many of you parents wish your kids were more respectful? How many kids wish your parents were more relational? Yeah, you don't have to raise your hand. But when we come before God, there has to be this balance of love and relationship, but also deep respect. He is not our peer. He is not our equal. He is, hallowed is his name. He is our father in heaven. There is an immense amount of love, love that we can't understand, and he embraces us as his children, but he is not at our level. He is God, and we need to treat him as God. And that's so different from our, our society. And so the other way that people, you know, people approach God on two extremes, they're like, oh, you know the guy upstairs? He's my bud. When I go surfing, oh, I just hang out with, with God because, you know, he's my brother. Let that. I know I sound stupid. <laughs> or they go to the other extreme and they're like, Oh, I can't even go to church because if I go to church, lightning's going to strike the church because God's mad at me. And there's this, you know, polar extremes of relationship with God. And what Jesus says when he says, when you approach God, say, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, is this perfect marriage between relationship and respect. That he is above all, but he's still my father. Amen? In this manner, therefore pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That puts us in a great place for the second part of the prayer, submitting to the will and provision of God. Because if we don't put God in his proper place when we start the prayer with love and respect and honor, then how do you submit to somebody who's your bud? The next part of the scripture is, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
It's a submission to his authority, to his rulership, and our respect of him and our submitting to who he is as our creator. Amen? When we enter prayer in this mindset that we are loved by God and that we have relationship with him, but at the same time, we, he is not on our level and we respect him completely. It's very easy to submit to him and to pray for his will to be done in our lives and not our own. And when we pray in that manner, there is an authority that happens. Um, we used to, we used to uh, go around and do prayer evangelism and like pray over different businesses. And I remember there was this uh, uh, hotel manager, uh, Kenny Ching, and he was in charge of the Royal Hawaiian uh, hotel out in uh, Lahaina, Kanapali. Royal Lahaina. What did I say? Oh, Royal Hawaiian. Is there a Royal Hawaiian hotel? Oh. Roy Royal Lahaina. And this storm came in, and it, uh, there was no beach. It was all just rocks. And uh, so he called the intercessors in, and uh, the intercessors in our church prayed through the entire hotel and across the whole hotel grounds. And how long was it after the, that prayer time that the next morning, the very next morning, he woke up and started serving the, the grounds of the hotel and the beach was there. All this sand came in overnight and there was a beach that was right in front, a beautiful beach, and I, th I think it's still there today, uh, right in front of the Royal Lahaina. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, you can give God a hand for that. Um, Robin, uh, you want to share a quick? Okay, uh, Robin, uh, she's the head of our intercessor team, and uh, she's been seeing God do amazing things uh, with the police force and the firefighting force, and I wanted her to, to come up and share, and then pray to, uh, for us to pray uh, for what God wants to accomplish in that ministry. So could you give Robin a hand? How much time do I have? Two or three minutes? Um, it's a 10-year journey, so I've got to really pare it down. Ten years ago, we were meeting once a, once a month in the church. And then five years ago, God said, get out of the church. Said, okay, God, where? And my heart was first responders. So we started going to different um, fire departments. We started in Napili. And we could just walk in. They were, you know, they're in the garage. And we go and we take them goodies and prayer cards and pray for them. And, but we wanted to get in the police department because we really had a burden for them. And Maui Police Department, Mwailuku, is closed. And then Mokihana Pagaduan, because her husband was a sergeant in the police department, wanted to go prayer walk it, and she got us in. And the fir very first day, the deputy chief, uh, at that time was Dean Ricard, was in his office, and we were allowed to pray for him. And after we were done, he said, whoa, you guys need to come back and do this more often. That opened the door. And... So we were still going to the um, Lahaina and, uh, and Napili Fire Department and also Kahului. And then um, years went by and then COVID hit and we were locked out. Uh, couldn't go in the fire departments, couldn't go in the police departments, but we were faithful. We'd go and we'd drop off goodies. Somebody would come out and meet us and, and we had goodies for each department in the Wailuku Police Department and we'd go to the chief's office and the regular fire stations. There's 14 fire stations on Maui. We have a lot to go. But um, then uh, 
COVID started easing off and one of the community relations officers named Paul Pullmanvale started taking us through and that man was such a gracious, he would actually take us into the different departments. We'd go into juvenile and get to meet the police officers in there. We'd go into CID and get to meet the domestic violence and the, uh, you know, just all the different departments. And so it was a real blessing we were getting uh, to make an impact and we take a thank you card and in the thank you card are prayer cards that have scriptures and prayers on them. And one time we, we took a, we take this big tray of goodies and we set it on the table in patrol and a sergeant came out of his office and he went to the tray and we thought, oh, he's gonna grab, they like grab and go goodies, you know, pre, pre wrap snacks. He grabbed the, the, the thank you card. He didn't grab a goodie, he grabbed the thing. That's when we knew the cards were really having an impact. And one of the officers said, oh yeah, we take those cards and we pin them on the wall so that people can, can read them. Um, they are very underappreciated and overworked and underpaid. So last October, when we were in juvenile, one of the officers, you know, you really need to go to the Kihei department. I thought, okay. And the next month we went back and they, so another officer said, you know, you really should start going to Kihei. I thought, okay, how do we do this? And in December, um, a third officer said, you know, have you made any progress in going to Kihei? So at that point, you know, you see how God works in the background. We found out that in our church, Grace Bible Church, is the captain of the Kihei Police Department, Captain Scott Nagita. And so we went to him and I met him in church and we talked and he says, yes, you guys can come only if the chief, John Pelletier, approves it. So again, God working in the background, we have two real estate ladies here in our church and Mike Hearn, who had been involved in selling Chief Pelletier or renting him his house when he first moved to Maui. And also they had arranged for our pastors to go and bless his house. So we had a opening with Chief Pelletier and he gave us approval. So two months ago in January, we were first able to go to the Kihei Police Department with trays of goodies. Now our officer Paul in Wailuku, so the door opened and we've been three months, we have a team rising up in Kihei that's gonna be going every month because continuity and regularity, so they know, ah yeah, it's not just a one-time you know, Christmas, you, it makes us feel good. It's regular, it's consistent, it's month after month, year after year. And so the officer in Wailuku who'd been taking us through just left the police department. And so we were told that um, we're again gonna only be able to bring the goodies to the exterior of the Wailuku Police Department. But God, we know he's working in the background, we're planting seeds of love and it's not deterring us. So um, we just know God will open another way, another door. And there's when where Paul, Officer Paul went, there's an opportunity that maybe in the future we'll be able to go where he is and start praying for that government department. So um, you just have to keep trusting in God, looking at what he's doing and listening. It's not only blindly going forward, listening, what is God saying? And he showed me a scripture last night in First Chronicles 20 on how David had um, uh, killed Goliath and then it listed about four other giants and one of them had six, hand, six fingers on each hand and six toes on each foot. And at the last paragraph, the last scripture, it says, and David and his helpers conquered them all. So my thought to you is, if God is calling you to do something in prayer, and again, that means learning to hear his voice, listening to what he's telling you, and saying yes to him. But if he's calling you to do something, 
he will help you kill the giants. We don't have to be afraid of giants. He doesn't say there weren't no giants. David had a lot of giants to fight, but he killed every one of them. We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. It's listen, obey, and say yes. Can we, um, can we pray for Robin? It's an amazing, uh, amazing ministry and uh, the faithfulness of years, 10 years, 10 years. Five years of going to the police department and now seeing the fruit of it and the multiplication. Can you, uh, can you stretch your hands forward? Lord, you said that uh, for us to pray when we come into uh, your presence in prayer, to pray that your kingdom would come and your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. And God, you've given, uh, not pastors, but you've given every believer the authority to pray that prayer. And Lord, we thank you for the, the intercessory team that has stepped out for a decade and five years within the police departments and the fire departments, bringing your kingdom into those places. Lord, we pray that uh, you would continue to bless and multiply. Lord, uh, you've opened up the door for Kihei and uh, potentially another location uh, as the, sh the shifting of positions happen. God, we pray uh, for more intercessors to be raised up. Thank you for the uh, unity that this ministry has created between many churches on this island and many intercessors that are uh, serving in this area of our public servants. God, we pray that you would stir within our church and the churches uh, within this island that you would uh, raise up many more intercessors and Lord, that uh, this ministry would multiply to reach and to impact the families and the officers uh, and the, the fire department on this island. We ask this in Jesus' wonderful name. And everyone said, amen. Thank you, Robin. Um, is Danny here? Danny? Danny Asao? Danny Asao is not here. Okay. Um, Pastor Lance, you want to share real quick? Pa Pastor Lance has a great story. Do you guys want to hear from Pastor Lance? Yeah, okay, all right. Yeah, just share. Just share the story. <laughs> Pastor John, when worship was going on, he said, oh, can you share a story? <laughs> the reason is during our staff meetings, everybody's like sharing these different stories. And I'm like, man, the congregation needs to hear that. The congregation needs to hear that. And sometimes we just don't. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm in the men's group. And uh, you ever heard the... the uh, story a blessing turns into a nightmare well one of the guys happened it happened that way he inherited a property from his father when he passed away and uh, he rented it out to a quote friend and that turned into a nightmare for him because what happened was that the person wasn't paying and doing and doing illegal things on the property and eventually, my friend had to take him to court. And in court, it, it was for years in the process. And um, in fact, his friend locked him out of the property that was his. Yeah, it was that bad. And it went into the court system and all. And the court doesn't usually favor the owners. So anyway, went through that, finally went into the court system. And then uh, they finally got him out and all his junks out of the place. And I told him that, you know, there's something spiritual here of what's going on in your property. Something there doesn't want you to have the property outright. And so uh, after that, the friend filed another thing, continuation 
of what was happening, like he owed money and all of this, the friend. And so I told him, we need to go and we need to bless the place. And so I, I called Robin. I told her, give me some guidelines on it. And then we went into the place. We, uh, we did what um, Robin kind of gave us guidelines on. And then he pr they were thankful, had thankfulness in there. There was forgiveness. And he took ownership because he was the owner. He declared it. And we went through all the process. And so we left it at that. And then there was a court date, another court date coming up for the property uh, about two weeks later. Then a week later, he gets a call from his attorney saying, the judge has just closed the case. It's over. And he was so happy. And what's amazing to all of this was, I think one or two months later, he tells me, guess what happened? Somebody, uh, whether he knew him, I don't know if he knew the guy, but just wanted to bring a trailer onto his property, and he was going to pay him for rental in the property besides the house. Wow. Isn't that something that God would do through prayer? Amen. So one of the things was, you know, why did he wait so long? <laughs> it was going on for years, and then after the prayer, it was like a week later, and then God, God closed the door on uh, what was going on there uh, in favor of the, the owner. Um, it's, it's really encouraging to me, and I, you know, Danny's not here, but um, I'm going to share this story, because uh, it's, it's a really cool story, but uh, he... Danny shared a story up here uh, a couple of months ago on how God blessed Valley Isle Motor, and he's uh, the general manager there. And, uh, but there's spiritual things that are happening on, uh, on the grounds. And so he called my dad to come in to, to bless the place. And there's uh, Geisen, you know, yeah, what's, what was going on. There's like video of things like moving around and stuff at night. And so the guys are getting freaked out. So my dad goes to, um, to pray and when he walks into Danny's office, Danny has a Bible on his desk, and he says, let's go. And he takes his Bible, and he, my dad said that he was so impressed with Danny because he's, like, walking around Valley Isle Motor with a Bible in his hand, and he's, like, praying blessing over the whole premise with my dad. And all the employees can see, and he has a reputation, right, at, at Valley Isle of being a very strong believer. And he just takes authority in prayer over over the, the premise. And has there been any uh, crazy stuff happening since that time? No? <laughs> so that's good. I didn't even know. What was... You sure? <laughs> no Obake stuff going on at Valley Isle. Okay. Yeah, why don't we give God a hand for that? And, and it doesn't have to be a pastor that, that does it. Every single believer has the authority of heaven backing them and Jesus says that we have the authority, and when we pray to say, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, the next part, uh, confession, forgiveness, and divine guidance. And this is, this is so important that after we pray the will of God and we submit to heaven and what heaven wants for earth and we declare those things, it says that confession, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive our debtors. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. There's something that happens to your heart and to your posture when you confess. I remember, and I'll close with this story. I remember 
the first time that I received the Lord into my life. I don't remember how old I was, but I remember what happened. I was in the Ooka's parking lot. How many of you know Ooka? Remember Ooka? You're old enough and you're local. You know Ooka. Yeah. We were in the parking lot of Ooka's. And my sister, she had her hand in her, her pockets. And she, she was wearing a very tight, uh, tight shorts or long pants. And so she couldn't get her hands out of her pockets in time. And I, w- I went from behind her, and I had a marble bag, and I put my two hands in the marble bag, and then I tightened it like a boxing glove. And I said, hey, let's fight. And I punched her in the back, like I kind of pushed her in the back, and she just went down like this without being able to take her hands out of her pocket. And she just like, boom, hit the ground and split her lip open. And there's all blood coming out. And I was like, oh, shoot, now I'm in trouble. And then we went to the hospital. And if anyone knows Sharina, she's not a very, um, you know, she's very strong-willed, crazy, she, she, she was a crazy kid. And so the doctors, it took like three or four doctors to hold her down, put her in a straight jacket. They had to put her in a straight jacket, four doctors holding her down so that they could stitch her lip up. And we were in the waiting room. You remember this, Dad? Yeah. <laughs> we were in the waiting room, and she was screaming bloody murder. She was like, ah! You know, she's just like, and I was in the, the, the waiting room hearing my sister screaming, and I felt all bad. And you know what my dad did? He took the opportunity to guilt me into the kingdom of God. <laughs> he, he, he was like, you know what you did to your sister? You can hear her screaming in there. I'm like, yeah. And he goes, you did that to Jesus. And he died for your sin. Do you, do you want to receive him into your life? And I remember being broken, like, I'm such a bad person. I did that to my sister. I'm doing this to Jesus. God, please forgive me. And I, re- I remember receiving the Lord for the first time in that doctor's office because I felt so bad about what I did. And when we're in the posture of being humble and confessing our sin, There's something about that posture that opens up the presence of God into our lives. And so God says, confess your sin. Look for the things that you have done to hurt other people. Maybe it's intentionally or unintentionally. But when you take time to meditate, and we never do that. Nobody takes time to sit and to reflect on how they hurt other people. It's very, very rare that people do that. But Jesus encourages us. Because it puts us in a posture of humility. And it says that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And so when you confess your sin, there's a humility that's involved. The the presence of the Lord is more evident. You can feel it in your life. And when you receive forgiveness for the things that you've done, both intentionally and unintentionally to other people, it opens up the door for that next part. Forgive me, my trespasses, as I forgive those who trespass against me. When you forgive or when you receive forgiveness from God, it enables you to give that forgiveness to someone else. And so the, the progress of the Lord's Prayer is so important. Forgive us our debt as we forgive those who trespass against us. And then when we're in that posture of receiving forgiveness from God, extending forgiveness to others, That puts us in the place where we can hear the voice of God the clearest. 
And it says, but deliver us from the evil one. Uh, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. We can hear God and be directed by his spirit. When the offenses that are against us and that we have committed to others have been uh, taken care of and forgiven. Turn to the person next to you and tell the person next to you, I love you and I forgive you for everything that you've done to me. And then the last thing, to close with giving God the glory, to close with giving God for yours, let's say this together, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Everything that we do in life is by him and it's for him. It's not for us. It's not to build this kingdom that we're going to leave when we die. But focusing on the purpose that God created us for is for his kingdom and his, his glory. I want to close by reciting the Lord's Prayer together. Could you guys all stand and we're going to say the Lord's Prayer together the same way that we started our service. We're going to end it. And as we say the prayer, don't just recite it, rote memory, but say it with understanding and mean it from your heart. Let's, let's say it as a church, unified from our hearts. At the count of three, one, two, three. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I want to close with a benediction. I'm going to be reading from 1 Thessalonians 5.23. If you want to open your hands in a posture of receiving, you can. Now may the Lord of now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Amen.